save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. People think the new fresh fragrances from Glade are fresher than fresh, like artist Priscilla. This smells like houses in the Hampton Champagne Toast down in Brazil. Smells like anything you think could happen, probably will. Explore the new Glade Fresh collection today. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. I'd like to start this episode off since we took an unexpected holiday break last week. Oh, um, uh, I thought, no, we're saying Merry Christmas. We're yeah. saying Merry Come Christmas. Come on. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it anymore. Very brave. Very brave. <laughs> Hashtag brave. Um, aliens are real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And well, so no, what, I need, is, no, okay. what okay. I need is, no, what I need before we start on? today is I need a I'm sorry from a Ben Kissel. No, we don't know aliens are real. Number one, we talked about this on this week's episode of Abelian's Top Hat. We can't do crossover. On the this is not a Disney this is crossover, Fox thing. And I am going to tell you, an alien, a UFO, in unidentified flying objects, those are real. Yeah. What's in it? Is it full of Nutella? <laughs> I am owed an apology still. You're Richard Dolan oh. is afforded an apology. Wow. It's another wrote a series of books talking about how the government has been researching this a long time. They've been spending a lot of money researching this for a long time, and they've been lying wow. about it. And I am vindicated. Wow. I am vindicated. <laughs> I am uh, uh, no. I, I am OJ Simpson How, now. <laughs> now I'm OJ Simpson right? now. Okay, well, there's no yeah. evidence of grays or anything else or uh, this is the last podcast on the left. <laughs> You're never going to get an apology not until I am shaking hands with the Palladian making a nuclear deal. They would never touch <laughs> That's you. It. They would they never would touch, touch you. Oh, no, 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 well, no. I knew this was going to go right to his head. Your Twitter feed is unsufferable. It's insufferable right now. Growing is exponentially. More this is the last podcast than ever before. Yeah. Last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks, gloating Henry Zabrowski. I couldn't if I if I gloated more, I'd be floating. It's gl- gloating till he's floating, Henry Zabrowski. I feel elated. I'm still kind of uh, walking around in a daze. I feel like I'm in love again. I'm like walking yeah, around, like, being like, it's just it's I don't know. There's a color everywhere. It's like I'm in Pleasantville. Very nice. All right. Well, we're gonna get into the opposite of Pleasantville. We're on Pee Wee Gaskins Part Three, and it continues to get more and more depraved and sad and disgusting. That's right. Episode two ninety nine point five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we made very it all brave. the way to a point five. Because you can just say the number of an episode. <laughs> and that's what it is. Anything you want anymore. Now, I do have one correction right up top. Police did find the body of Pee-wee's niece. However, they did not find her anywhere near the never-discovered tenant house where Pee-wee said he committed his first serious murders. Mm. And to that end, that makes the total number of bodies and therefore the confirmed number of kills attributed to Pee-wee Gaskins 13, okay. not the 12 that I previously thought. All right, keeping it truth. Thank you, Dog Meat, for doing the trill act. And I said trill, huh? which is the new way of saying cool, I've heard. Or <laughs> maybe it's the new old true. way. But it's super trill of you wow. to be co- transparent 
and to offer full disclosure. I love it because as soon as a middle-aged white dude says the the word that is cool, currently in vogue, it becomes less. It's over. And less in vogue. It's well, over. Immediately it's done. So you you already, you killed that. I tell you what, it's totally lit to learn new slang in 2017. And also, you don't have to drink coffee out of your new MUFON mug. No, yes, I do. bragging to Marcus and I, no one else can see the camera. Have not heard my apologies yet. There's a You're lot of people apologizing right You're now and you need one. to get on top of that pile. It's not happening. No, one of the more interesting things about Pee-wee Gaskins is not just the myth he created for himself, but also the myth that the people of South Carolina created for him. Mm. For example, there's a story from a reporter who traveled down to Florence County after the body started showing up. At first, people said, oh yeah, Pee-wee's a nice fellow, always comes in and treats me right. But by the time the fifth and sixth and seventh bodies came out of the ground, people started talking about how Pee-wee used to be pretty goddamn loose-lipped with how many people he'd killed. And that's not what you want to do. (laughs) No, it's definitely not. It's mostly the whole thing you should probably... Like, keep your mouth shut about how many people you killed, unless you're really, really small and you probably didn't kill all those people. Right. <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't seen I, Tanya, check it out. Sean in the in the movie is exactly what, uh, like Pee Wee, he just brags and brags and brags, and then sure enough, you get busted. <laughs> and you know what? That even extends to this day, this whole myth-making thing. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a ton of emails from people wanting to tell their Pee Wee Gaskin stories, and I do appreciate each and every one, but... It just seems like just about everyone from South Carolina has a friend or a mm-hmm. cousin or a grandpa that knew Pee Wee at some point in their life. It's their uh, rascal flats. I'm trying to think of a good uh, person <laughs> for is. them. It is their person that's uh, deep within the web of their community. It's their uh, Hank Aaron. It's their Bobby Bonilla. Bob, you finally got there. to Bobby Bonilla. Wow. Yeah. There it is. Three references. You will always get to Bobby Bonilla. But this makes sense. It's a small community, close-knit. Pee Wee's a legend. It's not just the community. It's the entire state of South Carolina mm-hmm. that rents. What else is it known for? Honestly, it's peanuts, right? Ball peanuts. Yeah, is big. I think that's North Carolina. Isn't yeah, that's, it? No, I don't think that North hmm. Carolina is tobacco. I think South Carolina is tobacco as well. Peanuts. That's back in Texas. I love and Georgia. Where- Georgia poor old. Remember Jimmy Carter? Simple old peanut farmer. This is the conversation inside the conversation that the audience <laughs> yes. really wants to hear about. Yes. And just for the record, the so-called angry grandpa stories on YouTube about him knowing Pee Wee Gaskins are pure, unadulterated horseshit. Mm. Nothing in the timeline matches up, and he gets the voice completely wrong, as we'll see in part four. But the common thread in all these stories is that almost everyone's story is horrifying. How one person sent me an email saying Pee Wee used to bury groups of stray cats up to their necks and run them over with a lawnmower, and that he did it multiple times while people looked on. Hey, y'all, really? look! Hey, y'all, look! This is what I call the loudest chore in the world. And that's a final trick. <laughs> well, first of all, if that is true, I've, we feel horrible for the cats that are treated like grass. That's not appropriate. But that's a scene out of that uh, out of that uh, horror movie that the, the the series with all the girls in the sorority. It was hot for a while. It was out last year. What are you talking about? There's a oh. you're full of shit. No, no, there really is one. They buried the sorority sisters and then the, the devil mowed over them. Someone listening knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, someone definitely knows what you're talking about. Thank but. you. <laughs> but this is so we're gonna see here. Pee Wee Gaskin succeeded. He wanted to build himself up. He was a, he, mm-hmm. the whole point. We're gonna go deeper and deeper into this of how what is truth and what is fiction. The majority of it is fiction, but in the end, what do we know about reality is if the consensus believes in it, the more and more real it becomes. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he learned the power of fake news deep 
in, in, the, in the fucking 70s. I'm so happy you didn't take that to aliens. <laughs> I thought we were going to find a way back there. Well, aliens are true, and it's just about what you mix into it. And there are there are stories, and there are specific information. There's disinformation threaded through alien stories in order to discredit those that be willing to uh, stick their uh, neck out and back speak on out about let's the Let's get back on the peewee trade here. Well, that story about the cats and the lawnmower and all that shit, it probably isn't true, but you can see how these stories grow on their own, possibly because peewee gave these people a pretty good base for all these stories, even when people didn't take them seriously. Mm. For example, Pee-wee's infamous hearse. At one point in the early 70s, Pee-wee said he was doing some shade tree work for a stock car driver when he ran into a fella he knew driving an old Cadillac hearse. The friend said he was having a hard time selling it, so Pee-wee picked it up for next to nothing. That's so great. <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine being like, why aren't people buying my cadaver vehicle? <laughs> what is wrong with the market for hearses? Hey, now, I, I couldn't help it over here. You say mm-hmm. you having a hard time letting go of your cadaver vehicle. Yes. <laughs> well, let's just say I run of what people like to say is a private institution that should be public, and as a matter of fact, it's not very private in the way that I speak about it, because I <laughs> talk about having a cemetery pretty often. I'll take it for $5. All right. Here's a final treat. Sold. So when Pee-wee got home with his new purchase, he got a bumper sticker that said, we haul anything, and he modified it to say, we haul anything, live or dead. I, Hell yeah. You know when he when he got that, when he picked that out at the whatever store he got it at, he laughed like George W. Bush, where he's just like, and that sticker went right next to the one that said, support your local sheriff. Oh, irony. He <laughs> understood irony. He did. And to make it as obnoxious as possible, Pee-wee attached a siren to the roof of his hearse that he would crank from the driver's seat so everybody knew Pee-wee was coming. I feel like something this leaked somehow into Dan Aykroyd's brain about putting the siren on the ghost hunt, the ghost <laughs> yes. mobile on Echo One, an Ecto One, because it's it didn't need a siren, <laughs> right? Well, they said he would drive by the bar and scare all the winos. Oh. That's awesome. I mean, Very honestly, it's, it's sad to say, but it is awesome. It's fun. That's right. I forgot he's doing all this sober. That is honestly <laughs> yeah, one of yes. the more shocking <laughs> things about this sober. entire story. Because a guy named Pee Wee, who's a serial killer who buys a hearse, you would think he was drunk. Nope, 100% sober. Wow. He said he'd have like two or three, but for the most part, yeah, he was a, a completely sober mm. guy. And when people would ask Pee Wee why he drove a hearse, he'd say, quote, because I killed so many people, I need a hearse to haul them all to my private cemetery. And that's the final truth. And I've got a private cemetery. <laughs> cemetery for Pee-wee. I put the holes where I want them to. That's a song I wrote. And you Very can have good. that if you want. Very that's the good. final truth. Final truth. Uh, and everybody laughed and laughed at crazy little Pee-wee, despite the fact that he was the sole suspect in the disappearance of two young girls not wow. a year before. It's really strange about how he built up this myth. Because you remember, in the timeline, I think we get a little bit lost. Now, remember... Pee-wee's already been in and out of jail up to this point. He went to 
kitty jail. Then he went to big boy jail where he met the power man. Then he got back out of jail. Then he went back into the jail and he met the wise men. He came back out. So now he's mm-hmm. technically running his own industry, right? He's got a car. He's got his car thief ring and he's he's doing his car stripping shit. So all while this is happening, he's feeding the rumors of, of, of everything about him, which seems to be sort of like a like a chaff cloud. Right. Like a used for fucking like, like missiles and shit. Where it's like <laughs> he's saying all of this horrible shit. Meanwhile, he has real credible uh, uh, there's a, a credible uh, people coming after him uh, for the murder of these two young girls. He's got so it's like he's room. hiding in it. Yeah. Why didn't the Why don't the police at this point just kind of go just grab him? Well, the funny thing is that the police this whole time didn't take him seriously at all. They thought Pee Wee was just a small time punk, despite him being in and out of both state and right. federal prison for very serious crimes. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the power of laughter. <laughs> yes, that this is what it's about. <laughs> that's what this whole learn, series is about. All about is that if you are just the tiniest bit funny, your life is so much easier. Never mind being small and cute. Uh-huh. Like now that I'm smaller and cuter, I bet I could do a bunch of horrible shit and people will look the other way. I don't think that that's true. <laughs> well, the thing is about all these stories is, you know, they... They were told back home they could have made their way back to Pee Wee in prison, and he figured if people were already saying he was such a cruel motherfucker, he might as well go all in. Sure. On the other hand, he didn't really need to because his actual murders were horrific enough. Yeah. Case in point is Martha Dix, whom Pee Wee killed in 1971. That year, Pee Wee would commit his third serious murder and his first racially motivated one. Hmm. Now, one of the strangest things about Final Truth is Pee Wee's staunch denial of any allegations made towards him concerning racism. But one thing we do know is that Pee Wee didn't necessarily have the most progressive views in the world concerning race. Uh, what? What? Yes. <laughs> what? Why is this being like, in case you missed that part? Uh, yeah. I just got I me mean, gasping, Marcus. <laughs> yes. he was, well, in fact, at least two of his later murders were said by Pee Wee himself to be racially motivated before he told his final truth. But for some reason, in final truth, Pee Wee couldn't bear to be seen as a racist. Now, I'm writing this here journal for everybody to know, and not just because my very large cellmate, Onyx Cobra, is watching me, <laughs> but I have never been racist nor feel any sort of racist thought deep inside my body, and I am most sure, and this is not just to pacify Onyx Cobra, who has said he owns the toilet, and in order for me to get to the toilet, I must pay the toll. <laughs> And that is the final truth. <laughs> well, did Pee Wee, by his own admission, go to a few Klan rallies and meetings? Sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did, did he favor certain positions the Klan put forth about certain issues? Uh-huh. Yes, he did. People entertain ideas. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Does he casually use racial slurs a page and a half after denying charges uh-huh. of racism? Naturally. Different generation locker room talk. Uh, this is different generations. My goodness. But if there's anything Pee Wee said he wasn't, it's a racist. Which brings us to Martha Dix, a groovy black bisexual woman who sometimes went by the name of Clyde. Martha liked spending her afternoons hanging around the garage where Pee Wee worked when he wasn't being a criminal. And most of the guys liked having Martha around because she was brassy, fearless, and gave just as much shit as she got. Yeah, fun. 
I would say this is a very uh, big phenomenon in the South where it's like, I don't know where it's these very conservative groups and then some like radically <laughs> liberal concept will just like pop up in the middle of it and everybody will just act normally towards this person. They, they, they will literally accept Martha into their world because they grew up with them and they can understand where she came from and understand her background. And somehow it's almost like, hey, if you're surrounded by different types of people yeah. and get to know them, you can like get to like them and not just kind of judge them by looking at them from far. Well, this is before identity politics really took over, so they didn't even know not to like this person, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that that's the whole thing. It's about what, you know, widening your worldview totally. and all that. And yeah. these people had that, uh, except Pee-wee, because mm. uh, Martha, the person she gave the most shit to, was Pee-wee Gaskins, probably because I'd imagine it was funny as hell to watch Pee-wee get mad and lose his temper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Martha, call him an elf again. <laughs> You damn elf, Pee-wee. <laughs> I shouldn't have worn my damn loose shoes, because every time I get mad, I pop out of them, and everybody's laughing all the time, and that's the final truth. That's why I'm wearing socks from now on, them grippy socks. Hey, Martha, ask him, uh, how's Santa Claus doing? <laughs> what you say? How is Santa Claus What'd doing? What'd you say to tell Martha to tell me? I told her to ask I you how Santa Claus I'm spinning around in a circle. And the more the guys around the garage laughed, the angrier poor little snowflake Pee-wee got. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting louder and louder. Honestly, maybe, Martha, we should stop because he he is getting very offensively loud. Just ask him one more thing. How cold is the North Pole? (laughs) If you could just... Honestly, in my travels, I've been there and it is surprisingly warm in the summer months. And uh, and and then in the wintertime, it actually gets dark. Oh, this was a fucking roast. it was, it was, oh, yeah. I thought you were asking me another, a genuine goddamn. No. Again, a, a, a joke about your heights. <laughs> well, what finally sent Pee-wee over the edge was when Martha said, jokingly, of course, that she was pregnant with Pee-wee's child, saying she was looking forward to having her very own little Pee-wee dicks. <laughs> but it's at this point that Pee-wee's racism and his homicidal nature came together for the first time time, mm. all because he couldn't bear to have anyone in the community think there was even a possibility that he might have slept with a black woman. Pee-wee said he killed Martha not because she was black, but because of her quote-unquote lying mouth. Mm. But had Martha Dix not been black, I guarantee you Pee-wee wouldn't have given a shit about any of it, and nobody would have died. All right. So according to Pee-wee in Final Truth, he lured her to his mythical tenant house with the promise of drugs and cash. And once there, he got her drunk and high before he surprised her with the handcuffs. He said he then killed her in... this. The way he killed her was so bizarre. He force-fed her a soda spiked with pills, causing her to overdose and die. This is my question. He wrote about this in Final Truth, correct? Yeah. What I think this shows... I think we see an interesting psychology from him, which is very similar to other serial killers, but you kind of see it played out. The way that he lies to himself within his own writing, in the way he, in in concurrence with his myth building, because a part of it's building this myth for other people to read the book and think things about him, and for hopefully these rumors to go through and protect him in jail. But there's also like how he views himself when he talks about these crimes. Doing this soda spike with pills is such a ridiculous way 
to kill someone. It's so hard to kill someone that it's almost like it's like he said it as if to distance himself from what maybe he actually did, or he did it like saying like I did it more humanely, like I did it in this sort of weird like roundabout way instead of saying mm. I like choked her to death or something. Where it's because maybe he did feel like friendly feelings towards her. I think he did actually say that in Final Truth, or at the very least, hmm. alluded to it. Like, where so you don't think he did it? He wasn't the pill in the soda death. I, he might. I don't have, know. It, it's it's hmm. impossible to know uh, because after he killed her, he weighted her body down and let her sink into a creek that ebbed and flowed with the seasons. Uh, and they didn't find Martha until years and years hmm. later. Uh, it was just skeletal remains right. when they found her. Um, and they're, and those skeletal bl- remains, they're believed to belong to Martha Dix, but no positive ID uh, could mm. be made. And as of today, she's still considered a missing person. But, you know, it's almost positive that uh, the bones they found belong to Martha Dix. Well, it seems strange that he would kill someone, a co-worker. Yeah. Everyone's going to know she's gone missing. Well, you know, uh, she was also uh, kind of transient. You know, she was in and out of town a lot. Mm. Uh, and uh, honestly, you know, I mean, it was South Carolina in the 70s. Uh, she yep. was black. And they, you know, they liked her. He's a her. piece of shit. Yeah, He's they, obviously a piece of well, shit. Well, uh, I mean, I'm, I'd imagine all the people, like, you know, they liked her well enough. But, you know, if she left and uh, didn't come back, they're like, well, all right, well, Martha's gone, whatever. Yeah, the less dead that we talk about. Exactly. Yeah. Very much so. The less dead. And that's that even goes to show you how the less dead can, uh, it can even be personal. You know, right. you can even know them yeah. personally uh, and still uh, they're less dead. Hmm. So after telling the story of the murder of Martha Dix and Final Truth, Pee-wee figured it was a good time to juice himself up a bit in the badass category. And this is when he told a very unconfirmed story about murdering a couple of gun runners in a mm. deal gone bad. I thought you were going to tell me this is when he put really fancy rims on the hearse. Yes. yes. But no, well, I, I just see him doing like baby driver with the eye things and with the hearse driving through the, the streets of Copenhagen like in the movie Ronin, where it's just like him in a trench coat like a black one like with a, like a, a, a attache case handcuffed to him be like it was a tale of high entry the lovers are met and the men are killed uh, though they will be lost to the pages of history but my boner is as hard as it is today as it was that day and that's the final truth the final truth this podcast is brought to you by squarespace finding work-life balance can be tough but squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text and that helps you save time i know i'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks now part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts now so what i've done to do is like so while i'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. 
Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, in this story, Pee-wee told a fast-paced tale of intrigue and betrayal that ended with him cutting down two hard-as-nails gunrunners named Eddie and Bertie Brown in an assault rifle quick draw. Cunty Wetzelot, I knew her by her name, as she walked through the lobby of the Four Seasons Hotel, and I showed her my code name. The tiny sexy cobra. Oh, that's an interesting code name. And she was all about it. She she was covered in puddles. Are you sure about that? No. Honestly, no. Okay. Now, it's interesting that Pee Wee mixes in a few unconfirmed serious murders with the ones we know are true because he considered this a serious murder because he knew them. And it's interesting that the unconfirmed murders always seem to involve people who are just a little further up the criminal ladder. Yeah. See, six of Pee-wee's 13 confirmed murders involved criminal business associates that crossed Pee-wee in some way or another. And we know the motivations behind those murders. And let's just say the motivations behind the actual murders of criminal associates are considerably less sexy than a shipment of guns. Right. Yes. Yes, it is. They're all just like burnt out cars from the 1960s, stuff they found in dumps. And he's stripping them all, acting like he's fucking... Fucking Pablo Escobar, like a king of a criminal empire, but he's never met any of these real criminals. Right, no. right. And the associates themselves were definitely not as impressive as Eddie and Bertie Brown seemed to be. And this is just another example of how Pee Wee wanted to be seen. He knew he'd already established his reputation as someone who wouldn't hesitate to kill anyone who tried to fuck him over, but he also knew that the associates he had killed were, shall we say, less than impressive right. when it came to the caliber of their criminal clout. That is the most horrifying thing. We are all victims of the, like, the least of us. We are all going to, that's why in I, Tanya, that's what also I learned, Jeff Galuli and Sean, I believe it's Sean Avery, mm-hmm. not smart, very dumb, and they ruined this entire woman's Olympic career, and of course Nancy Kerrigan's as well. But I do believe it's got something to do with that, because the stupid one is the one who's going to throw the monkey wrench into the whole they scenario. <laughs> you got Pee Wee Gaskins, who's your boss, who's just as liable to kill you as work with you, and then he hires even more corrupt people. He's the smart and it one. Sounds, it sounds sort of like an analogy to what may be going on in our current government. <laughs> Maybe. And the idea of someone surrounding himself with even more corrupt Stupid people. Dumber that and dumber. all will flip one at a time oh trying my. to get to you. Oh, God. I want to mention a tweet that everybody... The Huckabee tweet equating Trump to, yeah, to, to, to Winston but, Churchill. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. They are, everyone oh, yeah, is getting yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. much dumber. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> anyway, definitely. Just like, a whole other thing. I saw Darkest Hour the whole time. Yes. I was like, oh, <laughs> just like Trump. Wow, that is just like God. Trump. Well, because these people were less than impressive, Pee-wee's got to juice himself up mm. a little bit. And speaking of juicing up, let's get back to the hearse for a second. Okay. Now remember, during all this shit, the coastal kills were still supposedly happening, but Pee-wee said he never took the hearse on a coastal for obvious reasons. It's a hearse. It's a hearse. Yes. It's a hearse. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to look, yeah, they're looking to see if, if if you are, in fact, the Adams family. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and if it's Gomez and Morticia inside making out, speaking French. I'm not going to tell how highway, I'm not going to tell Highway Patrol how to do their jobs, but if there is a hearse and there is not a funeral motorcade attached to said hearse, just pull it over. <laughs> just just sniff around. Just see if there's oh, any dead cats just for in there. steampunk people. Hearses yeah, that, that are drawn, true. it's all steampunk people. Well, the only time 
time Pee Wee used the hearse for the reason he jokingly told people he'd bought it for was in December of 1973 when he committed his fourth and fifth serious murders, without a doubt, the worst ones of them all. Mm. Doreen Dempsey was a single mother who knew Pee Wee through his carnival connections, but she was actually closer to Pee Wee's wife, his, I think, fifth one by this point, I believe. But that didn't mean a goddamn thing to Pee Wee, who'd already murdered a blood relation a few years before. Remember, he murdered his niece. Mm -hmm. Now, this story is another example of Pee Wee switching his previous confessed motivations of racism to something else. But I cannot, for the life of me, imagine why he thought this story was better. Hey, Pee Wee, what are you writing right now? Nothing, Onyx. <laughs> Just writing about how everyone should live together on a cloud made of rainbows. And that the, the, those that are unequal should be raised up to be equal with those that are above. Those that are unequal. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're writing, Pee Wee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you try to use the toilet, Pee Wee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prison politics. Prison <laughs> politics. There it is. See, Dorian Dempsey, who was white, had a two-year-old daughter with a black man and was pregnant again with another mixed-race child. And according to what Pee-wee said in an interrogation following his arrest, in which he was given sodium pentothal, a.k.a. truth serum, hmm. Pee-wee said he killed Doreen for mixing the races and he killed the little girl to spare what he said was a life not worth living. Ugh, yeah, that'll, that'll fix it. Is it, yeah, that'll is always it normal it. for law enforcement to give people like uh, what the Russians give people to have them confess to war crimes? I mean, sometimes people use sodium. In South Carolina. It doesn't <laughs> hey, seem. You know, they just had it. They had it. Yeah. And they were like, you know, we got this shit. We're like, yeah, give it to that tiny little fuck who's screaming all the yeah, time. I guess so. But in final truth, Pee Wee said that was only what he wanted people to believe at the time. Oh. This is what he said about his truth serum confession. The interrogating session lasted for three days. They asked me every question they could think of, but I had my answers ready because I had worked everything out in my mind. Some of what I said was true, which made them things easier for the law to believe because they fit in with all the evidence. Other stories I told, like the one about Doreen and her baby, was lies that served me better and sounded logical, so was accepted, like I already explained. And that's the final truth. <laughs> Pee-wee, I, I gotta ask. Now, did Rudolph really light the way for Santa Claus? <laughs> you just gotta ask yourself the question. Is it why was Rudy the Red-Nosed Reindeer Rudy. not involved in their society until he managed to prove his usefulness to them? When his differentness uh-huh. allowed him to fit into their society when, when it fit their needs. Hmm? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Hot takes on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And that's final truth. You know, the longer he goes on, he, uh, Pee Wee Gaskin sounds like a combination between Charles Manson and Detective Popcorn. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. It's getting in there. There is something to that. I think character-wise, he is that. I think like <laughs> if, if I were to mesh those characters, he would be that. Uh, Pee Wee went on to say that if law enforcement and judges and such believed he killed a pregnant woman and her infant daughter for racial reasons, they would say, oh, yeah, that makes sense, and still charge him with murder, but wouldn't give him too much guff for it outside of that. It's almost like he thought he'd be getting out of jail yeah. after all Because of it's racially motivated? I, yes. 70s in South I Carolina, he, I don't even think it was, it wasn't that backwards, was it? No, he's just dumb. So Pee Wee's story from the non-racist angle said that Doreen showed up at their house one night distraught, saying she couldn't take life in Florence County as the mother of two mixed-race children anymore. 
Pee Wee then took Doreen aside and told her he'd allow her and her kids to live in a trailer of his in Charleston for free, but in return, she'd have to do anything he wanted sexually, and she couldn't tell anybody that Pee Wee was taking care of her. Mm. He said that she accepted, and so Pee Wee told his wife that he was giving Doreen and her two-year-old daughter a ride to the bus station so she could head to another city for a fresh start and a new life. And that was the last time Doreen or her baby were ever seen alive. Mm. Now, that part, at least the part about Pee-wee giving him a ride, is true. Mm. The rest, as Pee-wee tells it in great detail and final truth, is beyond gold star territory. Without a doubt, the worst thing I've ever read in my entire life. Wow, that's saying a lot. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, it's personally, brutal. I'd like to forget it altogether, so we're not going to go into it in detail. Okay. Now, so you don't want to rehash this. <laughs> Can't really. It's all in the brain. It's in his eyes. I can see them. It's not going away. You were texting me about four in the morning when we were first going through the episodes being like, texting me little sentences from it. And it's it's bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's but really now, bad. It, it reminds me, it's the, uh, it's the story of David Edo story uh, i mean it's that it's that level of it's, i don't even think you'd enjoy hearing it's it. much worse than david edo and i know a few of you particularly sick fucks out there are vocally tutting us right now because we're not going to go into this thing in great detail <clears throat> but trust me this is something you do not want to know well and this was is it accurate uh, or was this uh no idea uh, i don't we know making it all up no, once again no no it's, idea it's it's a fucked up thing to make up yeah uh yeah yeah, I mean, really, okay, I'll give, I mean, what, what the closest I can tell you mm-hmm. is think of the worst scene in the movie, a Serbian film, and you know which scene I'm talking about. You know which scene. The it whole is. movie yeah, you, is the worst scene, so I can't even pick one out. Yeah, well. The worst scene. It's the worst scene. We all know what the worst scene is, but take that and set it in the back of a hearse next to a swamp and remember that there is a possibility that it's true, mm. that it actually happened. All we really know is two years later, Doreen's body was found buried in a two-foot-deep grave under a sawdust pile near Pee-wee's house, and the baby was found stuffed in an old stump hole and covered in dirt. Mm. Their disappearance was never investigated, mostly because once Pee-wee left to take her to the bus station, she was finally out of everyone's hair. She was pretty much forgotten. People didn't really give much of a shit about Doreen. Right. And obviously, this is the reason why he came up with the racism angle, because he knew that if what he did to to the kid had gotten out, how would he last in prison? Yeah, he said said if it got out, he said he wouldn't last five minutes in prison before someone shanked his ass. My question is, I wonder, of all of the things he did, I guess Pee Wee Gaskins is also very much in the realm of a killer who loves experiences and then he gets really bored almost and that he does this kind of stuff as a shock and I wonder if it's almost a shock to himself I don't know if he made the story up he definitely killed her so that's a process he definitely killer, killed her right? yeah he absolutely yeah I mean that's if you were to take Pee-wee at his word he is absolutely a process killer mm. because every time he uh, kills someone even his uh, you know even the ones that we know he killed he either just dumped them in the water mm. or he um or he buried them. You know, he did, yeah. a, after they were dead, he didn't care about them at all. He right. wasn't like a Dahmer where he yeah. was looking for the product. He was all about the process. And again, if you are in the highway patrol, you see a hearse, just pull it over. Yeah. Just pull it over. <laughs> no, Every, you can't now. Most of the time it's on the way to cons. They're holding all their well, boots and they're all of their weird that like, like brass-fitted backpacks. <laughs> well, as far as the storytelling goes, 
You know, Pee-wee going back on his racist beliefs was narratively the only way he could tell the horrific story that he did. And really, what makes you feel weirder? Common South Carolina 70s racism or baby fucking? Baby fucking. That's my, that's my, I mean, that's me. That's what I take a away. A little it's quick like to answer on that like one. This is a satirical show, and now I have to say dark humor. That is what we do here, giving you entertainment through dark humor. Well, it's dark humor, but it is, it's it's very true. You know, yeah, that's, which, what he, that's what he chose. Yeah, which one of those two uh, things, which God. one of those two things are is going to make Pee Wee sound like uh, more the sympathetic? Meanest, no, the meanest, baddest motherfucker to ever exist. And that's what Pee Wee wanted. That's the whole point of final truth okay yes so by this time in his life peewee was the head of a fairly successful car theft ring as henry said earlier he'd have his boys head over to the north side of charleston steal cars then bring them back to peewee for stripping and resell of course yeah but this isn't like gone in 60 seconds no <laughs> this is like gone in 72 minutes where yeah. it's just them just struggling to be a lot they make these locks bigger and thicker every year yes. and, and, and P was like god damn it I gotta tell you Johnny you're just you're robbing older cars you're not robbing newer cars I just feel like oh peewee you're smarter than me so you just tell me where to just steal a TV and bring it back it's like if the Beagle Boys were real humans remember the Beagle Boys they were fun. yeah from DuckTales of course of course in a business like this the people you're going to be dealing with aren't going to be exactly honest or particularly intelligent and pretty soon peewee ran some trouble with a couple of his cohorts, Jesse Ruth Trudy and Johnny Sellers. Jesse Ruth Trudy? That's a woman. That's a yes. woman. Yeah, Ruth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Jesse, well, Jesse Ruth Trudy. That's a tough one to roll off the tongue there. Yeah, it really is. Jesse no, Ruth I, Trudy. I actually like it. Jesse Ruth Trudy. Jesse Ruth Trudy. Now, the official police line here is that the whole thing was either a murder for hire affair or a favor for a buddy. They said Jesse Trudy's ex-husband, James Judy, paid Pee-wee to kill Jesse Trudy and Johnny Sellers because Johnny Sellers has stolen James Judy's wife, Jesse Trudy. Okay, now say it again with marbles in your mouth and you win $10,000. So Jesse Trudy's... Jesse Trudy's ex-husband, James Judy, paid Pee-wee to kill Jesse Trudy and Johnny Sellers because Johnny Sellers had stole James Judy's wife, Jesse Trudy. <laughs> I, I just, is this like a common core math question? I don't know the answer. Okay, well, maybe this it, will clear it up. Johnny Sellers had lived with Jesse Trudy and James Judy, but James Judy had picked up a bad drug habit, which caused Trudy to leave Judy and run into the arms of Johnny. Oh, see? I see. Technically... Technically, it's the story of the room. Yeah. That is the plot of the room. Hi, and Mark. also, <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Um, also, it is, uh, it's just South Carolina's version of Dynasty. I see. So, Pee Wee Gaskins walked into the scenario as the smoky, cute little assassin. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> and the tensions were raised even higher because Judy and Johnny both worked with Pee Wee. And about Judy and Johnny's relationship, Pee Wee said, quote, them two didn't see balls of balls about nothing. I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> oh, you never heard that old time of term? No. When I, you and a friend are so close in alignment on opinion yeah. that your balls <laughs> cut each other. I, but I like it. No, I And you hear that, like balloons mashed together yeah. in a closet while you're sitting in there just rubbing your dick and your balls all over them balloons. Uh, and you love the erotic squeaky noises <laughs> they make when you rub your balls all over the, the luscious thick Filled with air balloon. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 
So what do you do on December 24th through the 25th? Do you help anybody out? Well, honestly, sometimes I'll volunteer over at the soup kitchen. What is that? A goddamn... That's a joke. It's a reference to him being an elf for Santa Claus who delivers gifts on the 24th or the 25th, depending on who on what you want, really. Well, even though Pee Wee made sure to mention two guys didn't see balls to balls about nothing... <laughs> Pee-wee said jealousy wasn't the reason behind the murders, and James Judy had nothing to do with it. Because eventually, James Judy went down for this murder. Oh. He got 10 years because police believed that he had hired Pee-wee uh, to commit the murder. Mm. But Pee-wee says the reason why he murdered Trudy and Johnny was because Johnny had sold a bunch of car parts for Pee-wee and hadn't passed along the money. Did the prosecutor say huh. that, uh, what is it, Judy that committed? The yeah, James Judy was the one that hired, uh, okay. that hired Pee-wee to kill Johnny and Trudy. Did the prosecutor let the jury know that Judy and Pee-wee were seen ball to ball? <laughs> Because that's crucial. If, if the jury knows they're seeing balls to balls, well, they're in well, on it together. That's a legally binding South Carolina contract. So, so in other words, Pee Wee got impatient on a debt. Like I said, not that sexy. It's nowhere no. near as sexy as gun runners and all that bullshit. Right. It's just car parts and debts. And the way Pee Wee killed him is to just leave Johnny into the woods with the promise of a big burglary score. And then he shot Johnny in the head once Johnny figured out what was happening and he tried running away. And then Pee Wee went back, picked up Jesse, brought her out to the same spot, told her what he'd done, and stabbed her to death. Okay. And that's the that's another interesting thing about it is that they're very fast, quick, simple murders. And it's business. Yeah. It's, it's all business. All of this has got to do with them fucking him over because he keeps hiring more stupid, corrupt people to work for him. Right. And that's why the murder of the baby and what he did in, in, in feeding other, force-feeding other woman pills and soda is stuff that really makes no sense. Right. Everything else is because he is small. It is difficult for him to overpower somebody unless it's by fucking surprise, like he did to the power man and got him on the toilet. Mm -hmm. Like, that's like, that's how a small man operates. You hide under things. You wait until <laughs> they one sleep. one of their powers. Yeah. So in his mind, he's like Joe Pesci from Goodfellas or something. But yeah. in reality, it's much dumber than that. A lot dumber than that. Well, after he killed him, he buried him in the same spot, making Jesse Trudy and Johnny Sellers the first two denizens of Pee Wee's actual private graveyard, which would be the resting place of four more bodies Ugh. before it was all said and done. And of course, there were still the Coastals. Pee-wee said he was still killing at the rate of at least once a month, sometimes multiple people at once, like the two boys he said he castrated and force-fed their own testicles to before sealing up the wounds with molten plum bum. That did not happen, but, but yeah. what I will think is interesting is that that is a way that the mob kills people for snitching. So it sounds like a thing that he had heard from the wise men. I don't know. Is that's the way that the mob kills people? Yeah, for snitching. Really? If you snitch and they, they whack you and then they cut off your dick and balls and they put it in your mouth. Is that right? Yeah, the cartel is true. the same. Yeah. No kidding. Well, yeah. look at that. You better watch it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not doing anything. I'm not saying anything. You know anyone. anything about the mob? No, I'm not. I, I, you I, know something about your mob? You want to talk about it on the podcast? No, I don't, know, any, I don't know anything about the mob. Want to go down to Graham Avenue? No, I don't know. I love things. <laughs> That's like that documentary, The War, though. What's that? Uh, when the guy talks about coming upon their soldiers and they hold their testicles in their mouths, and then the guy very gravely looks at the camera and is like, we didn't take any prisoners after that. Yeah. Because uh, that'll anger you. Yeah, it, yeah. absolutely. Marcus oh, or Henry, if someone kills you and puts your balls in your mouth, and you guys are literally seeing ball to ball, <laughs> um, but I will I will aggressively hunt them down. Thank you. Yes, because that's you. rude. I probably, uh, you better I, do that. I will. I will do it. But this whole thing about the coastals and uh, the graveyard, it begs the question. 
if Pee Wee was killing on the coast and transporting the bodies inland to Ketchup Town and such mm. and keeping these bodies so well hid that none of them were, were ever found, why wouldn't Pee Wee transport bodies the other way towards the coast as well? All the places he said he dumped coastal bodies were at about the halfway point between the coast and the area where he bounced around. And yet, the ones he could be personally connected to, the serious murders, were buried damn near in his own backyard. Hmm. Which is also common for serial killers. Yeah. The idea yeah, of having just a very small hunting ground in a small area where you do shit. Right. Um, I think the coastal bodies are probably full of shit. I don't think he did hardly any of those coastal murders. If any at all. Right, right. And speaking of serious murders, Pee Wee was about to start making actual money with those with the murder for hire of Silas Yates. Mm. So Pee Wee's favorite hangout was Sam's Club. Oh, I remember when we got a Sam's <laughs> yeah. Club. Uh, when we got the oh, membership yeah. to Sam's Club, my oh, mother yeah. made it seem like it was very difficult to get. And then we oh, walked in there that. and just... My family, my mom carries it around in a little lanyard. Yeah, my mom had Sam's one too. Membership. Yeah, and she's like, not everyone gets to come to Sam's Club, Dad. And then I was like, I'll have the mayonnaise. <laughs> he said about that, quote, Sam's Club was my favorite club of all. I was a regular there. Everybody knowed me. When you walk around, I didn't even have to pretend to be somebody else to get a second round of samples. <laughs> and if I wanted to just pop a nap, I fit completely upon one of them 48 toilet paper pallets oh. filled with the ultra soft charmin. You know one where the bears wipe their <laughs> shit off of each other. I, I love yeah. that commercial. I've seen those commercials, yeah. Well, you two are kind of confused right now, uh, just as I was, because it's pretty far into the Silas Yates chapter that Pee Wee specifies that Sam's Club was, in fact, a bar. And oh. not the, oh. and not the man. chain of membership oh. only retail warehouses owned by Walmart. Oh man, oh. you could get trampolines and lawnmowers, all the frozen meatballs you ever wanted. You could get nine pounds of oatmeal. Oh, why you wouldn't get you nine need it? pounds of peanut butter? Yeah. yeah, it's great over there. In no way was that one of the issues when it came to overeating as a child. When my mother <laughs> no said way. you've got to eat all the mayonnaise before it goes bad, and I would say, oh, I got you there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will admit that I pictured the setup for this whole murder for hire situation take taking place in a Sam's Club for quite a few pages. But in order to avoid confusion, know that when we say Sam's Club, we're talking about a bar. So in early 1975, Pee-wee's last year of freedom, he was hanging out at Sam's Club when he was approached by a man he knew from prison named John William Powell. Powell said a friend of his was looking to get some revenge on a former lover, and Powell figured Pee-wee was just the man for the job. The client was Suzanne Kipper, an attractive blonde who had been involved with a married wealthy landowner named Silas Yates. Mm. Now, a fan on Twitter tipped me off about Suzanne Kipper's family tree. Seems her nephew used to refer to her as Aunt Monkey. Mm. And who should oh. that nephew be, hmm, who could it be? but Rob Thomas of what? Matchbox 20? No! Whoa! Just like the ocean uh, under the moon, it's the same as the emotion as I get from you. Oh my God! Matchbox Twenty, really one of the better bands to come out of that horrible time for music. Matchbox Twenty, Third Eye Blind, Third Eye Wait Blind versus Matchbox Twenty. Any I'm gonna go Matchbox Third Eye Blind every day of the week. Every, every day. day of the week. Every, every day, day of the week. I fucking despise Matchbox Twenty. No Honestly. way. Jumper if was, there was the only. A, if there was a license to listen to music, I would have yours revoked. <laughs> no, there is not a license. I would Music call, is for everyone. I would call the government. But music is for everyone. 
<laughs> so there isn't a license for that, is there? And Rob Tom, that was he was good. Matchbox Twenty, it's fun. What is Matchbox wrong with you? You take off that 20? blazer. I think you should take the blazer off because I think it's getting to you. Matchbox Twenty is not good, especially in no, poor Santana. In the context of the, the music grave. of the time, there is so much better music in that time. I am just talking about Matchbox Third Eye Blind. 20. I'm just simply comparing them to Third Eye Blind. Well, if you're going to compare them, to anyone, Matchbox compare, Twenty is better than Third Eye Blind. Compare them to Lifehouse. Why are they better oh, than I Lifehouse? Hate Lifehouse. Yes, they're better than Lifehouse. <laughs> they're the same band as Lifehouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, you tell Aunt Monkey that. <laughs> God. Weird that you would say that. So let's get back to the murder here. Things have been pretty hot and heavy between Yates and Kipper for a while, with Yates selling off a bunch of property just to buy Kipper gifts, such as a trailer and a brand new sports car. But after things cooled off and Yates presumably realized what an idiot he was being, he called the whole thing off and tried taking some of the bigger gifts back. Mm. And this didn't sit well with Aunt Monkey. Well, they get accustomed to a lifestyle. That's right. <laughs> she decided the only way she was going to keep her new trailer and sports car was for Silas Yates to die. Uh-oh. So she offered Pee Wee $1,000 to kill her ex-sugar daddy. And after Pee Wee negotiated from 1000 up to 1500 he came up with a plan. I'll give you $1,000 to kill my ex-lover. I'll do it for seven hundred. <laughs> you want it for? Se- I'm I'm giving you a thousand for it. Um, I'll do it for seven hundred. <laughs> I'll do it for six forty-five. No, that's you're going wrong. You want to go up? I'm just trying to help you out here, Pee Wee. I'll do it for two million dollars. <laughs> well, a little high. What if we compromise at fifteen hundred? All right. <laughs> He's good at this. Well, this was Pee Wee's plan. First, he called a woman named Diane Neely. Diane was the ex-wife of another one of Pee-wee's prison buddies, Walter Neely, who's going to play a huge role in this story later on. So these people keep hiring Pee-wee Gaskins as this silent assassin that will carry out their bad deeds in the shadows, but his tactics every time is just to tell a bunch of people about yes. what he's doing. He is, it's not like they're getting Jason Statham on the job here. This is a much different situation. Well, I mean, even then, he didn't get caught for a long time. <sighs> this is ridiculous. It was working out pretty good for him. It is astonishing to me. Everything tells, every, everyone knows this guy is a serial killer. No, well, not really. I mean, because he's not a. They just ser- think he's joking. He's well, telling the truth. They constantly. just they think he they think he's joking, and really, like very few people do know about these murders. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's true. Yeah, very few people. Very, yeah, very few people know about these murders, and we're about to get into uh, why uh, he was fine with telling a few people about the murders. Now, Diane's job was to be the bait to get Silas Yates out of his trailer. And on the night in question, Diane went up to Yates' trailer, knocked on the door, and told him she was having car trouble. Hey, excuse me, I have a flat. Also, my boobies fell out. Yeah, I, I noticed the boobies are out, uh, but your car looks totally fine to me. Yeah. You know, if you touch my elbows, I come. I don't... Uh, don't That's, care to come get him. I don't know. Oh wow! I'm Catch just gonna, me! I'm a little birdie. Shut Catch it. a little birdie. I'm gonna shut the door. I'm just gonna shut this. But when Yates got outside, Pee Wee sprung out from behind the car and pointed a gun in his face. And that gun was Pee Wee's trusty Beretta, which he had no shit carved his name on to both sides with an electric pencil. Oh. It is completely true. It looks like a scene out of A Christmas Story. <laughs> if you look up Pee Wee Gaskin's Beretta, it has Pee Wee 
just carved into the side of it <laughs> like a fucking asshole. Not just Pee Wee, but Pee Wee Gaskins. His full is. name he carved <laughs> on his murder weapon. He, that's brilliant. That is just, <laughs> that's so genius. It is literally what the, it's the equivalent of people filming their murders or their crimes now on Instagram. That is <laughs> well, what it the is. The best part about this is that I won't get it mixed up when we do the gun mix up part <laughs> oh, of it. We I do see. every year around Thanksgiving. <laughs> so Pee Wee told Silas that if he didn't do what he said, Pee Wee would quote, blow him a new nostril so silas did what he was told and got into the trunk peewee's car peewee then met up with his contacts the the people that had put him in touch with suzanne kipper Mm. he took silas out of the trunk pulled out the aforementioned 11 inch knife which peewee took to call on his toothpick and rammed it through yates chest over and over until yates was dead brutal peewee said he then made the other two men bury yates as he was only paid for killing and killing was all he was gonna do do you think he pointed to a contract and was like, you'll note, <laughs> at no point does it say I have to bury anything. I will not dress as an elf. I will not perform for free at your Christmas party. I'm Xing these items out. I need to get a lawyer looking yeah. at these damn contracts and I'll read the final print. Yeah, it's And just, that's the final print. It's one of those things about Pee Wee. He line item vetoes a lot of the elf content and all of our murder contracts with him. So Yates was buried, the job was done, and the three men went their separate ways. Now, Pee-wee said that after he killed Yates, he tracked down Suzanne Kipper, a.k.a. Aunt Monkey. He said pretty soon they started a sexual relationship, and Pee-wee made damn sure to say as many times as he could how good-looking Aunt Monkey was. He's proud of his, he's proud of his lady. Yeah, I guess so. And Pee-wee said this about their sexual relationship. Even when she was relaxed with me, even when we was laughing together, I could feel her fear. She was the one who told me that whenever I cummed, she felt and smelled and tasted violence and death in it. And it's not just because I would eat a whole cigarette for dinner. And that's Uh, not just because uh, that's all I had was chicken tenders and Gatorade. That is uh, the last thing I want to think about. I would literally rather think about Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre having a sexual relationship. That is... Now, I can find no evidence whatsoever that these two had any relationship outside of her hiring him to murder her ex-boyfriend, a crime for which she did end up going to jail for as well. A lot of people went down around Pee Wee Gaskins when he got caught, but most likely this whole thing is just another one of Pee Wee's yarns created for final truth. All right. But we've got just a few more yarns to go, which we'll get to in the conclusion of Pee Wee Gaskins in episode 299.75. Wow, (laughs) 299.75. We have a very big show planned for episode 300, so we're waiting. Um, And this ended up just being a, uh, this show had a lot more information in it than we wanted it to. So it's like it's either one episode of an hour and 45 minutes, but I think it's better to split it up. So you get one more week there it is. of Pee Wee Gaskins. Yeah. And, and then you're going to see what surprises we have for It you. is also fun because he's a short guy, so yeah. he gets little short episodes. Yeah, he gets it. Well, I mean, this episode was still an hour long. No, I know, but I'm just saying he's got a .5 and a .75. That is too, yeah. You know what that gives us more room to do? Uh-oh. Shocker! <laughs> Henry Zabrowski pulling out the shocker, the stun gun that he got Jackie Zabrowski for Christmas. Why do you want to get your sister arrested? <laughs> I don't want her to get arrested. You can legally have them here, and it's for her to protect herself or to aggressively pursue people yes. that are our enemies. 
<laughs> well, thank- I was it, I was vetoed on. Uh, I wasn't allowed to have a, get a stun baton for the house. So oh, I wanted to get the that sounds fun. You can't Jesus. have them here in the city. A stun baton like in Demolition Man. Yeah, like in uh, in Shape of Water. Oh. The future is now. Future is here. We're get here, a stun man. gun. Yeah. Eat Taco Bell yeah. and get a stun gun. That's what <laughs> that's what I learned. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you had a great holiday. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, fine. Well, I was I, I was ask, I was asking the audience, Henry. I w- and then you, we had a nice time. Me and me and my localized family had a very nice time. Actually, this you is know, probably the closest I've had to feeling what I would say a drip of Christmas cheer. Mm. I've never had it before. Mm, you hardened Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> well, my brother killed a deer like he usually does on Christmas. Oh, good. Yeah. So you had something to eat for the family. <laughs> that's nice. Well, the blood bucket was full. Oh, that's... Mm. Yeah, because you got to hang it upside... Because they got this whole apparatus that they attach the feet to, and then you slit its throat, and all the blood comes down in the blood bucket, and you got to keep the dogs away from it, because they'll try to drink yeah. it, and it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And it didn't traumatize you when you saw that as a child at all? No. It did not traumatize you, any uh, of us. Do you make... Make anything with the blood? Uh, with, no. With the blood? Why would you, you don't do anything you like blood, blood sausage or anything like that? No, 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 no. It's like Ugh. deer. It's mostly, a, it's, it is sausage, but uh, a lot of, jer- mm. my brother's uh, trying out deer jerky for the first time, Ooh. so uh, he's going to send some Can you some send it some? Yeah. Well, Can I, you send, uh, I want some. Well, you got to come to New York. I'm not going to mail it to you. There it is. Well, we don't have to have this conversation, which is obviously going to lead to a fight. Um, So thank you all so much for listening. Hope you had a great holiday. Uh, Let's see here. Um, We have to say thank you for the Patreon. Thank you to the Patreon. And Um, we also have to say uh, we didn't. We recorded the the last episode before it came out, but Patreon listened to all of us uh, about their dumb shit move to charge people more money, uh, and they went back on it. Uh, So if you did uh, quit our Patreon because of their dumb move, which I totally understand totally. if you did. Uh, of course. But, but they went back on that, so the extra charge is no longer going to be there. So if you would like to give to our... Because they're fucking weak! Because <laughs> they're stupid. Weak. <laughs> if you'd like to give to our Patreon uh, again, uh, please do. We appreciate each and every one of you that give, uh, no matter uh, how uh, no matter how much you give, we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank That's you right. so much. You guys have changed our entire lives from top to bottom. Absolutely, and thanks for supporting all the shows here on the last podcast now. Network. We got Abe Lincoln's Top F for Everything Political. Henry actually is on the last episode. We talk aliens, which is very fun. And uh, Wizard and the Bruiser, Sex and Other Human Activities. You know all the shows. Just check them out. And uh, if you want to rate and review on iTunes, that would be unbelievably helpful. Yeah, just go to the last Just go to lastpodcastnetwork.com and uh, we update. We have shows yep. coming out almost every weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, so I can- uh, listened to uh, Wizard and the Bruiser's The Muppets episode and it was very good. Oh, A Muppets Christmas, which I just watched recently uh-huh. on Christmas. Uh-huh. There's magic well. in the air this evening, magic in the air. The world is at its best today when people love and share. <laughs> Isn't it weird though? There's hands all up in them. Isn't I like them. That's what I like. Yeah, yeah. It's like a bunch of it's like a bunch of Nadia Whites or poor, poor um uh oh what's her name? August Ames. Uh, yeah, August Ames, that was a tough one. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You're lying. No, I, I saw no, the no, lady no, click in your face. August Ames. Anyway, no, we're, speaking of cyberbullying, please follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Doctor Fantasty mm. and Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel the number one. And follow us on everybody's favorite different venues to tell us directly what you think about our bodies, what you think about oh. our voices, and about our content at LP on the left. 
and enjoy it. Everyone's <laughs> really enjoy everyone it. is incredibly nice. We're changing internet culture. That's what we're doing. Hoping one to. positive tweet at a time. Yeah, really, really, really hoping to. No one cares about your negative hot tweets or hot takes. Ugh. I think that people should be allowed to express whatever it is they want to express. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying. But so you if know you're what? feeling negative, but I'm they not should gonna be able to it. celebrate that. Yeah, they get they can be negative, but I'm not gonna heart it. You're not gonna heart I'm it. I'm not gonna heart it. Look at that, Marcus Parks making a stance, taking a stance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and by the way, I watched uh, I watched no less than six Hallmark Christmas movies over the last five days. Uh, and if you want to hear me talk about those, you can listen to uh, page seven because I know uh, uh, my co-host Jackie Zabrowski is also a big fan of the Hallmark Christmas movie. I love also it. I'm going to severely divide our audience right now and say the Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie to maybe come out. Okay. I'm pretty certain that, that is. I'm pretty certain that's the best one. Not even after close. Empire. Empire is Strikes yeah. Back. Is I like the one with Jar Jar. Yeah, so I'm going to put my it, take. I'm going to put it more around like number four you know the too p- many jokes they you, had to make the, they had to make the porgs because that the island had a bunch of the uh, puffins yeah they had too many puffins so they're like what are we gonna do they're like invent a I porg i like the porgs yeah why i, I thought the, the no, porgs were funny i love the porgs but, I didn't see it yet, but, uh, but all i'm saying you know too many jokes in movies these days jokes are i will Marcus say that is wrong with too many jokes it's the same jokes thing with good. same thing with thor ragnarok too many jokes oh because you gotta see God. that's the thing is that the joke comes after the moment of it comes after the tension to break the tension if you put yes. the joke in the middle of the tension it ruins the whole scene it this, ruins everything the problem was come on they had let the jokes bad storylines like the finn storyline needed to go there's yeah. a couple stories that were just like we're just garbage in it but i'm just saying in terms of the world of so i have thought more about star wars since seeing that movie and now i'm Rewatching all of the old films, and they're one is saying that it's deviating from the old films. They're completely wrong okay. because they're actually taking stuff directly from New Hope and Empire Strikes you know, Back. You I, know what? That's the thing. If you can just hyperspace uh, a ship into a gigantic, another gigantic ship, and destroy it. Why don't you just hyperspace a big ass thing into the Death Star? That's fine. You don't have to do all no, the shit. No, you fucking idiot. You don't understand. That was a very that was a, that was a great scene. That was a great scene. I will not. I will fight you. We've there's got a nerd alert. We've got a nerd alert. There's just. I mean, there, there's. We a have lot to of, end this. There's guy. a lot of plot holes. All right. There's a lot. There's yeah, of course, lot. there's a lot of plot holes. Good <laughs> Lord. Okay. Again, Jar Jar Binks is Hail the greatest Satan. character of all time. Hail, Hail yourselves. <laughs> see I Tanya. Honestly, see I Tanya. It is so I good. I will. I will see that. And Hail Gee. Amukustellations. Hail me. We'll be back 2.75, and then we're going to have a big-ass 300. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh-oh. One more thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, two more things. Uh, the Cowmen. Oh. We just released a yes. brand new EP. Awesome. Yeah, we just released a brand new EP. Just search us on Spotify. I fucking love it. We're also going to be doing an EP release party at St. Vitus in Greenpoint on January 13th. It's a Saturday. It's going to be a fucking awesome time. Nice. Uh, and so we figured, you know, here on this episode, we do a uh, worldwide debut of uh, one of the new Cowman tracks. So here it is. And this is available on Spotify and Bandcamp. Shovel. Shovel by the Cowman. Oh. Shovel by the Cowman. Wow. Just a 